Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're about to speak to us. Thank you for your word. I ask that you open up the hearts, Lord. Let it be you that speak. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this service. I bless the hearts of everyone, the minds, Lord. And we just we just take in your goodness, Lord. And we thank you, God Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Bless you guys. Um, can someone get the lights so I can see everyone's beautiful face? Um, how's everyone? Blessed? Hey, Amen. Um, it's a little hot outside, but in here it feels nice and fresh. So um, get ready when you go. No, it might be cooler when, you, when we go out. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about a message today that has a weird title, but you'll get it. As soon as you see the title, you'll know what I'm going to talk about. Um, it's called Big Leader, Little Leader. Say that five times really fast. Is it up? Cynthia made that. That's, uh, that's me and Kevin there. <laughs> I'm the tall guy, though. Um, I'm, I'm Arnold. So um, I, think, I think today um, in our generation, uh, many people or many of us, which is not bad, are on a career path or are on a path to, to better living, which is not bad. It's, re it's really good that, that we do that. But a lot of us avoid um, what I would call today like a character path, uh, a path to allow God to, uh, to change our character and to change the way we think, to change the way that we, um, that we see things, the way that we that we go about our life. Um, he just, you know, he wants to, he has blessed us with salvation. And he has blessed us with goodness and with freedom and with power. And that's the reason that he puts uh, a responsibility on us. And so with that responsibility comes like a process that I want to talk to you guys about. So let's go, let's start in the book of Luke, chapter 16. Verse 10, and uh, say amen when you have it. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to read uh, NLT version uh, this afternoon. So if you can do that, I know some of you have the actual book, Bible book. But if you have it uh, digitally, uh, go with me to the NLT version. So Luke 16, 10. Amen? If you are faithful in little things... You will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Let's read that again. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. So just so you know, I'm, I'm not reading this verse out of context. It's, it's, it's very clear. Um, and he is talking to disciples of Christ. Um, obviously, he's not talking to people of the world. He's talking to the he's talking to his church, his his bride, his his children. Amen. So this is uh, this is Jesus uh, speaking, and um, he's telling a, a parable about a master that uh, that wants to uh, leave some men in charge, but they're not really 
up for the task or if they are they're they're not putting uh, a, a, like a care for what the master left in charge for them. So he comes back and he, and he starts saying all these things. And, and Jesus just uh, tells uh, his disciples, look, if you're not faithful in the little things, uh, it's going to be tough to be faithful in the big things. Amen. And uh, we were kind of discussing this last night um, all day. <laughs> We had a board meeting, and for those of you that think that, like, stuff just kind of happens, um, well, I got there late. Sorry, guys. First time. Um, but let's say if people were there from 1, and meeting ended, like, at 8-ish, okay? So seven hours, and going through a lot of stuff that we're doing for church. I, I work that way because I like to plan ahead, I like to plan. I like to make sure that now everything doesn't come out like perfect, of course. There's always challenges and things. But for the most part, we're, we're pretty well prepared. Like we're starting preparations for Atmosphere Conference, for example. Like we're starting that already. We have somewhat of a theme already. I have like I'm just bursting with ideas. And, and we start to plan ahead because what God, even though what God has given us, um, it's not like. We don't have 10,000 people to take care of as a, as a directive. Um, it's like 55 maybe when everyone's here. And as you can see, not everyone's here today. <laughs> so, um, you know, all of us, but it's, it's still something that we have to be responsible for. We have to be faithful in the little things. Like one time, uh, there was about, there was a moment, I think it was last year during the summer. Um, there was like 10 people here on a Sunday. And uh, that was including me and, and Cynthia in the back. And Cynthia was doing projectors and I was doing sound. And I was just looking around like, wow, I'm really being faithful in the little right now. And God was like, yeah. Like, and so I went to Cynthia, honey, I, you're being faithful in the little. And I told her so. Um, we have to be like that. We have to be caretakers of what God gives us, even if it looks small to us. But what God gives us, it's not small. It's big to him. Amen. What he, the little that he gives you is to him is he's given you a responsibility for you to take care of it like a little puppy, right? He, he gives you a little puppy. I'm not a big fan of dogs or puppies or anything, but I imagine there's people here that like dogs. Amen? All right. So he gives you a little puppy and you have to take care of this. Now, when they're little, usually you have to take care of it more like a little baby, right? When they're older, hopefully you, have to, you don't have to take care of them like a little baby. But some people, you do have to take care of them like a little baby. But hopefully not, because you took care of them when they were little as a baby. You took care of it. So that's what God wants for us. And I think our generation, like this time now, 2015, generation doesn't mean age, okay? doesn't mean like 20-year-old, 30. That, that's not what I'm talking A generation that are living today. Today's generation, especially, yes, especially if you go younger, um, we're very sloppy, in our lives. Like we don't prioritize really well. Like one of our biggest, uh, one of our biggest phrases is, I didn't have time. I, don't you just love using that one? <laughs> Some honest people in here. I just didn't have time. You know, I, I know I had a deadline, but I'm sorry, boss. I just didn't have time. Now your boss, he's not really interested in, in hearing that you didn't have time. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, because they're interested in you kind of meeting your deadlines. 
And so that's something that we use. So basically what I didn't have time means that we didn't prioritize correctly. So I had an interview last Tuesday. I think it, it went really well, by the way. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens if I get the promotion. But he asked me, he said, what if I give you five things to do? He, he calls them engagements. What if I give you five engagements to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to do that? And I was like, oh, my gosh. How am I going to? And I just took my time, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to prioritize. And his, he lit up. And, and then I said, yeah, you know, what's important to you is important to me. So I'm going to prioritize what's important and then, you know, multitask those other ones and make sure that everything gets done. Good answer, right? And so, and so for us, it's not that, it's not that we don't have time because there's some people that get a lot done in 24 hours. And there's some people that have the same 24 hours and they don't do much. We all got the same 24 hours, guys. Like, for example, I used to make this excuse, I don't have time to work out. And I just don't have time. I don't have time. How come you're not, you know, getting, you know, go run? I, I don't have time. And uh, apparently I did have time. Apparently I found some time. I could, something someone told me once, maybe you don't have time, but why don't you make time? You know, and I think that sometimes in our life, like, we, uh, we don't prioritize correctly. And so we end up doing things that, and I can't tell you, by the way, what's important. Like, because I'm not your parent. Sorry, guys, I'm, I'm not dad in that way, you know. Spiritually, I can help you, but you need to talk with God and say, God, like, and figure out what's important in your life and then prioritize correctly. Because God wants to give you more. And I'll get into that. So let me read something to you. You might be asking, I agree with you, Mario, but how do I know if I'm viewed as a faithful person by others? Perhaps the following questions would be good for you to consider. Ready for some questions? All right. I've done this like a couple times. These are cool. Do others constantly have to remind you to get things done? Do you always forget to follow through? Now, you can answer this in your heart or you can say amen if you want. I don't know. Keep it real. What does your word mean to you? Is it a seal that secures the deal? Or is it a flimsy wrapper that can be taken off and thrown away? Do you return your phone calls or messages? Or do people have to tell you to? Do your children believe you when you promise to do something with them? <laughs> no amens. Okay. If you promise you'll be on time, do you call if you're going to be late? Mm. Come on, Pastor Preach. Deadlines are missed occasionally. Now, things do happen unexpectedly, of course. I'm not talking about that. A call or note that the deadline is going to be missed places value on the other person's expectation and lets them know that you actually care and you are, like, responsible. Now, I know I'm talking about really practical things. Like, you could apply this at work. You could apply this with your husband, with your wife, with your family. Because that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to be faithful in the little things. Amen? So he wants to give us greater things. And I'll get to it. It'll open up for you a little bit more in just a sec. I feel like God has placed such a trust in us, such a trust in you. Imagine this. Think about this. 
God has entrusted earth to you. God said, I'm going to leave and you make disciples of all nations. So you can't say that God doesn't value you or believe in you. God believes in you. Even when you mess up, you can't let the things that happen in life get you down. You have to pick yourself back up in Jesus' name and keep going. God has entrusted you this earth. The Bible says it like, go and make disciples of all nations. The nations will come to you. Why? Because God has entrusted that in you. But he can't give you a nation if you can't take care of a family. If you can't take care of a city. If you can't take care of a state. If you can't take care of a nation, he's not going to get you there. But how many of you want to change the nations for Jesus Christ? How many of you want to want to pray and want to go out there and want to bless people and want to minister to people? He wants to give you more of that. You have that power. And the more you do it, the more you practice it, the more you are faithful in the little, whether it be like whatever it might be that you're doing for God, whether it's at work or it's here at church, he wants to give you more, but he wants you to be faithful in the little bit so he can place you. With greater responsibilities. I like this psalm, Psalm 2.8. You don't have to go to it. <clears throat> it says, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. God wants to give you the nations to be your heritage and the ends of the earth to be your possession. So that we can bring Christ to the nations. Amen. Perhaps we think that this is, a, this is something that happens in church and it happens with Christians sometimes, maybe we think that excellence is a myth. Like maybe we think that working in uh, being excellent employees, being excellent, you know, servants of God, being excellent children of God. And I'm not talking about like the thing that Christ did. I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, uh, stewarding. I'm talking about uh, uh, doing, you know, the things that God has called you to do faithfully. Maybe we think that, man, like that I'll never be perfect. And so we think negatively about the situation instead of thinking about the yes. We think about the no. Like, I'll never be good enough. Like, uh, that, you know, I'll never be on time. Like, I'm just a person that always arrives late. That's just me. And so we think about the negative instead of what, what we can do through Christ. And what we can do through Christ is more and it's beyond. And we can exceed anyone's expectations because God is in us. You understand what I mean? So let me show you something in uh, First of Samuel. This will start making more sense as we go. First of Samuel chapter three. I, I love this passage. We're gonna dive into this. First of Samuel chapter three. Let's see what verse we're reading. Oh, we're gonna read verse one through ten. Amen. When you have it, look at this. This is cool. 1 through 10. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served, uh, served the Lord by assisting Eli. Okay, so Samuel's already serving God. He's being faithful in the little. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. You know this story. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Wow. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. 
Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. That's interesting. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Wow. So little Samuel, like little Samuel came from from struggle. He came from a mom that looked crazy in the temple. You guys remember the story? She was praying uh, in, in the temple one day because she couldn't have kids. And, and, and her husband, you know, back then they did this, had another wife. And she was like, she had a lot of babies, like left and right, like every year. And she was like, oh, my gosh, this lady keeps having babies. And I can't have one. And she really loved her husband. And so she went to the temple and she would go every single day and she would pray, Lord, give me a son, give me a child. And one day, one of the men there, one of the priests saw her and uh, he said, hey, woman, are you drunk or something? Because she was praying, but nothing was coming out of her mouth. It was like she was just moving her mouth and she looked crazy. Have you ever seen those people? I'm one of them in the freeways where they're just, it looks like they're just talking to themselves. They're in their own world. We go crazy in our cars by ourselves. So she looked crazy and the man said, why are you drunk? What's going on with you? And she said, no, I'm just praying because I really want a child. And he said, you'll be blessed with a child by next year. She has her child and as promised, because her prayer was, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him right back to you. So she gives him back to God and he starts to serve in the temple as a little boy. Amen. So he begins to serve. And what's interesting to me is that he's being faithful in the little bit. He's helping Eli. He's 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 serving in the temple. He's doing what God is asking him to do. And 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 he hasn't even heard God's voice yet. Now, we have a privilege that we can hear God's voice at any time. God speaks to us daily. His spirit, you know, is guiding us and speaking to us all the time. But Samuel had not heard God's voice. And it even says that messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Like these things didn't happen at that time because this guy, Eli, he wasn't doing so well. He wasn't, he wasn't being faithful with, with what God had given him. God had given him, you know, the leadership of the temple and his sons were, were, were blaspheming God. And, and God had told Eli, if this continues, you're going to be done. And sure enough, Samuel comes in as a young boy and he begins to, he begins to serve God faithfully and, and in the little. And then God speaks to him. See, God wants you to just serve him faithfully, to do what he has called you to do faithfully, and he's going to guide you. He's going to speak to you. 
He's going to take you and he's going to go where, where God has called you. Amen? And he's going to meet you there and he's going to take you and he's going to guide you. And little Samuel's like, here's God's voice. And the cool thing is that where is he at? Where is he sleeping at? By the ark of the covenant, the ark of God. He's sleeping in the presence of God. That's us. We are constantly in the presence of God. He's in us. We're in him. And, and there God speaks to him and says, Samuel, I'm calling you right now, Samuel. And God calls him to serve. And the cool thing is Samuel's like, you know, Eli tells him, next, next time he calls you, just say, here I am. I'm willing to go. And that's what Samuel says. He's like, I'll do anything for you, God. And that's the kind of attitude that God wants for us. He wants us to be faithful in what he has given us. Amen? Let's see what we got. What else we got? <laughs> so sometimes because, again, because we tend to be a little bit on the negative side, um, most of us, uh, we don't celebrate each other when, we're, when we are faithful. And, and we don't celebrate ourselves when we are faithful. And I think we should. Um, sometimes Cynthia tells me, for example, thank you for going to work. Right? Thank you for, for going to work and working hard. Um, and it's like, well, I have to go to work. You know, I pay the bills and stuff. But just the act of celebrating that faithfulness that, 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 that God puts on us to, to be responsible with what he gives us, to celebrate that with each other is so cool. So maybe your husband takes out the trash and he never does it or he does it once in a while. But, you know, he'll do it. So you celebrate that. Wow, you, took, you washed the dishes. Good job. Wow. So we celebrate that. Or a mother who is basically taking care of the next generation. And, you know, a mom usually, like, is very unseen and unappreciated. Because for some reason in our, in our society, like, a mother is not celebrated as much. Like, it's kind of like, oh, you're a mom? Oh, okay. Well, I'm a career person. But a mom is, we got to celebrate that as well. That's a tough job. Amen. A person who tells the truth instead of lying, even though the consequences are coming. Like, man, thank you for your honesty, but wow, that hurt, you know? <laughs> because it's, it's cool to celebrate each other when we're faithful. And it's a process, guys. It doesn't happen overnight where God says, you know, here's a dream. For example, Joseph, you guys remember Joseph had a dream? And his dream didn't come to pass like years later. Now, I know that some of those things that happened negatively to him were not God's intention. But he wasn't going to go from little boy to being in Egypt and helping basically two nations out overnight. He was going to go through a process. It didn't mean that he had to go to be sold as a slave and to jail and things like that. But he was still going to go through a process. Amen? So... When I started going to church, again, you guys know my testimony, most of you guys, but I'm going to sort of tell you a little bit. When I started going to church again, I was a little bit confused. I didn't understand what church was about. So I went to church, and I was really embarrassed, guys. 
I didn't want to clap or raise my hands or sing. Like, I thought it was really cool. Too cool for that. And so I would, I put my head on the seat in front of me, and I would just cry the entire worship service. Just cry the whole time. I don't know what I was crying about. I wasn't even saying anything. I was just crying. I, I think I would say, like, I'm sorry, Lord, and stuff like that. But for the most part, it was just crying. And then I would, you know, I would go, like, Sunday at church, and then I would go, like, the next Sunday. I remember the second Sunday was, like, a little standing up and a little, of like, little clap here and there. And then back to sitting down and crying. And then one time there was a prophecy, and God spoke to me, and I felt like I was the only one in the room that God said, like, look, I know you've done a lot of weird things that you shouldn't have, but I've always been with you. And I will always be with you, and I will never leave you. And I thought, how does this lady know my life? And I was like, how is this person just speaking to me? So God began to speak to me. That was the first time that I can say that I clearly heard God's voice. So he began to speak to me and speak to me. And one day, I was worshiping God, and I was sort of thinking now, like I was kind of there, more comfortable. And I was thinking of like stuff that they can do with the youth. And I was like, man, I don't want the youth to go through what I've gone through because of things and religion and things. So I, I wonder if they could do like some other kind of activities, like they can do this. And I just started thinking in my head and, and doing this. And I'm in church th thinking this. And maybe they could do this and they can do that. Lord, like why don't they do that stuff? And God was like, why don't you get up and do it yourself? That's why I've called you. And I was like, Oh, man. Now, here's something to clear up. I didn't think that I was going to go and be a youth leader right away. All right. I got dreams and visions here. God spoke to me today, and you're not doing such a good job. Therefore, get out, and uh, I got this from now on. Because I knew that there was going to be a process. So I had to tell First of all, I'm hanging out with my little brother's friends, so I had to tell my little brother, hey, dude, I want to, like, serve and, like, help. Can you talk to the guy that's in charge so that we can talk and I can tell him, but I'm embarrassed, so, you know, just keep it on the low. Okay. So he comes, and I, and I say, hey, brother, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Jesse's older brother, Mario. He's like, I know who you are. Oh, okay, well, um, I, I just want to help you. I just want to help in whatever I can do. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, you can help us. Come on. Like, come on. And when we have service, we had service. Back then, uh, it was really rough because it was Sunday morning service, uh, youth service in the middle, and then night service. So come, come between services and, and help us. And, and you can start setting up the chairs and, and sweeping. And I thought, hey, cool. Let's do it. So we started setting up chairs. And my dream was big, but I knew there was, there was like a process. I knew that I had to be faithful in the little. So I was sweeping. I was fixing chairs. I was helping whatever I could. I was, you know, whatever I could do, I was doing it. And all of a sudden, one day, he tells me, hey, uh, we we're going to have a meeting because we're having a retreat. And I want you to be at the meeting. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, like a retreat. I don't even know what that is. I'm what is that? Okay, so we went, and I sat in a circle, 
and there's all these older people and, and some young people, and I'm sitting there, like, and they're all talking about stuff, and I don't know what's going on, Bible stuff, and I'm like, I, don't, I haven't even really read the Bible yet, and they're talking about it. And then he says, and Mario, oh, yeah? I want you to be a cabin leader. Cabin leader? I knew it had the word leader in there. What's a cabin leader? He's like, basically, you're going to be in charge of a group of kids inside of one cabin. And I was like, I am? Yeah, I want you to be in charge. I was like, oh, man, that's weird. Me, I just, I'm just the, the chair put together guy and the sweeper guy. No, no, I want you to be a cabin leader. You can do it. And there were like a couple of people, yeah, you can do it. And there was one guy who said, hey, how come he gets to be a cabin leader? I've been here for like three years with you. How come he gets to be a cabin leader and I don't? And I was like, hater. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't expect that because I thought we were at a church. I thought we were like at a church and uh, I thought we loved each other and like we should celebrate each other at least. And then I said in my... Uh, Sort of my, I don't know how to say it, sort of my, like, um, like not knowing, I guess, like, my inexperience. In my inexperience, I said, well, shoot, give it to him, dude, because he really wants it. I really, you know, I don't know what I'm doing anyway, bro. Like, give it to him. Like, you, you could do it. And I was, like, already making decisions. You could do it, man. <laughs> and, and the leader was like, no, I don't want him to do it. I want you to do it. And the guy just left. He was mad. And I was like, oh, man, that guy's going to hate me forever now. What the heck did I do? I was just sitting here. I didn't, I didn't know. I thought I was just going to, like, carry some luggages or something. I was really good at carrying and moving stuff around. And he's like, no, I want you to be a cabin leader. And so I got to my cabin at the retreat. And the first thing I tell the guys, first of all, this is a very intimidating because I'm new. I don't know if you guys have ever been in charge of something, but when you're first in charge of something and you're new, you're like, what am I going to say to these people? So this was my tactic. All right, guys, just don't wake me up at night. If you do, I'll kick your butt. And uh, good night. <laughs> Fell asleep, three in the morning. Everybody get up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Who, who died? And the, the, lead, the youth leader was like, somebody left this room right now, and I saw you running around. Who was it? And I was like, oh, of course. My first job, and I'm already messing up. So I get up, and I say, guys, what did I say? If you wake me up, I'm not going to be a happy camper. So now go to sleep. I got this, man. Don't worry about it. Go to sleep, and don't leave. I'm going to wait till you guys go to sleep. I knocked out. I don't even know what happened. But that was my first experience. And I started being faithful in the little. Whatever they told me to do. Hey, can you go pick that? Hey, can you? Yes, yes. Whatever you want, Lord. Because I wasn't serving him. I wasn't serving a man. I wasn't serving a church. I was serving God with all my heart. 
and I wanted to do it. I wanted, I wanted God to, 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 to see that I was hungry for more for him. I didn't know what my, I didn't know that I would be here, you know, 10 years later. I didn't know that. But I knew that I had a heart of a servant. And one day at a youth service, uh, they're like, oh, well, who's going to open up in prayer? And I had already been the cabin leader. And I kind of kind of knew how to pray. And I'm sitting in the back looking. How about Mario? Someone said. I was like, on, really? Yeah, I think Mario should pray. He has, he's never prayed. I pray at home and stuff. Like, no, you should pray. All right, then. So I go up to the front before service. The band's up there. And I'm like, Lord, mind you, there was people that were 14, 15 years old leading worship. And people that were 14 and 15 preaching already. So I couldn't even pray. Lord, bless this service and everyone because we're here. Father, amen. And they were like, good job, man. You did a good job praying. And I was like, okay. Like I hear how you pray before service and when you preach. And you're telling me my little... 10-second prayer was okay. But I was faithful then. They had me pray more in the beginning. They would go open up in prayer. Okay. Okay. And sooner or later, I kind of got comfortable. And then I didn't even want to get off. <laughs> right? I was faithful in the little that they gave me. I never asked for anything. I just told them my passion. I did tell them my passion. And I said, I'm passionate about youth. I'm passionate about people being set free. I'm passionate that they would not go through what I went through. I am passionate about that. So use me as much as you can. And I'll be here. And it started happening. And then one day they invited me to a, a leadership meeting. I wasn't like a leader yet. I was just the dude that prayed and did some stuff. And they're like, we want you to be a like an official leader now. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Bless you. And uh, you're just going to help us lead. And the first thing that we want you to do is we want you to start doing some flyers for us. <sighs> if y'all know me, you know that I'm not that creative. Like, I can maybe creative writing, but to do flyers? And Cynthia wasn't going to church at the time, like, yet. So she had kind of that skill a little bit. I don't know how much, so we want you to make these flyers, and we want you to make copies of them, and cut them, and make sure that we all get some, and we're going to pass them out, and make sure they look good, make sure that they're, that they're very, like, you know, they're, you can read, you know, the flyer, and, and everything looks good, and I said, all right, I guess so, I'll go to, I have a computer, I guess I'll try to do a flyer, and I was like, this is horrible. I have no skill. But I'm not doing it for that. I'm going to do it for you, God. So I actually went to my email. And I went to 2004, 5 or whatever it was. And I found those flyers. I want to show you. Can you put one up? <clears throat> That's okay. Leave it there. That's my car wash flyer, guys. August 20. Let's make some dollar signs at the car wash. 
<laughs> Go back to the other one. My artwork on this one is just fabulous. Okay, take it off. Did I do a good job or what? <laughs> when I showed it to my, <laughs> he was a great leader, man. He really was. When I showed it to my leader, I, I said, um, uh, here go the flyers that you, <laughs> that you asked me to make. He looks at them. <laughs> he looked at them and he said, uh, well, you got the information right. <laughs> and you printed them out. That's good. So, uh, yeah, good job. And, um, yeah, I did that for like a year. I was the flyer guy. Can you imagine? <laughs> Y'all didn't know that, huh? And... Uh, but I, I was faithful in the little. I didn't, I didn't mind that uh, my skill wasn't so good. Uh, I didn't care that I couldn't pray long, couldn't pray for an hour straight. And uh, one day, two years after that, they asked me, hey, I want you to teach now. I want you to teach a class. And I was like, I could probably do one class, but that's about it, maybe once every six months. So I went and I taught my first class. And, and I, the interesting thing is that when I went home to prepare, I didn't know the process. I didn't know how God was going to speak to me. I didn't understand that yet. So I opened the Bible and I started reading and God began to speak to my life. And he began to teach me. And so I brought that to, to, teach, to teach the teens and the, the youth back then. So that was two years after. Two years after that, I was asked to preach for the first time. And I was really scared, guys. But I preached at a youth service. And then six years from the beginning, I was asked to be youth pastor. So, remember, remember when I had, Lord, why don't they do all these activities here? Why don't they have a, 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 you know, worship nights? Why don't they have this? Why don't they have that? Get up and do it. You can do it. It didn't happen until six years later. Six years later, I said, oh, now I can do all those things I wanted to do. Now I can do a, a youth Bible study. That would be so cool. And now I could do like a youth prayer, like that we could do all, we can go evangelize now. Oh, oh, I had all these ideas six years later. But in the process, I enjoyed my journey. I enjoyed the little things. I was, as much as I could be in God, I was faithful in what he gave me in the little. And he placed me in the little again. <laughs> In the big, he, pro he promoted me. He called me. He's called you. He's called you. And he's called you 
to be faithful. Be faithful. Look, I know there's going to be opposition. I know it's going to be hard. You think it was easy all those? You think I never got into a fight with anyone? You think I never got into an argument with my leader? You think I never got disappointed? Of course. But I had to keep going because I knew who I was serving. I knew the passion that I had. I had to keep going. And I went until I hit, I hit like, a, like a ceiling. I hit a ceiling and I couldn't grow anymore. And after that, I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And he still guided me. And that's why we're here today, because of him. This is not a story about me. It's a story about what he can do through a person. If you're faithful in the little, brothers and sisters, keep being faithful. Keep on going. I was doing it for the king. And uh, I, was, I was Cynthia and I after that, because within those ugly flyers, Cynthia came into the into church and she started serving with me. I want to say to you that God believes in you. That's why he gives, that's why he gives you the, the responsibilities that he gives you. Not just at church, but church also. But everything, he wants you to be responsible and faithful at work with family. He wants you to be the best employee at work. Us, he wants us to be the best employees at work. He wants us to be the best husbands, the best wives. He wants us to be the best children, the best brothers, and the best, the best sisters. Because he, he gave us the ability to do it. So don't be in a hurry to become great. I love this. Don't be in a hurry to become great. Instead, know that in God, you are great. And so you were born for greatness, and you're made to be extraordinary, but don't, don't worry about becoming great. Be faithful from greatness, not to obtain greatness. So you may ask, like, how do, how do I be, how do I, how am I going to be faithful in the little? You're going to be faithful in the little knowing that you're great already in God. Not to obtain greatness, but because you were born for greatness. The disciples asked, uh, asked Jesus, like, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, Lord? You guys remember that? Like, I want to be the greatest, you know. They were like, I want to be the greatest. Like, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And God says the one that becomes a servant first. The one that serves and just becomes a faithful servant will be the greatest. Amen? All right, let's see what else we got. All right, to finish, Matthew 25. <laughs> you know you guys love my flyers. I'm going to start making them for, uh, for us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think the board would be like, no, you're fired. Matthew 25, verse 19. We're going to read it, not so much 19 through, well, actually, 19 through 27. Matthew 25, are you there? After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account uh, of how they had, had uh, used this money, or his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. 
The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. And I love this. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. I love this because a faithful servant is one who takes what God has given him and uses the favor that's at our disposal to multiply it. It's not so much, it's, I want you to look at it as like you're partnering up with God. It's not so much that it's just on you, it's both of you together. He supplies, first of all, he gives the, the, the money bags, he gives the favor he gives you, now, he gives you the empowerment. He gives you the faith. He gives you the grace. He gives you the mercy. And now, what the favor that you have, you steward it correctly, and then he, he multiplies it. And all you got to do is manage it right. Amen? But you got to be diligent and responsible at the same time. So this may sound like, how, do, how did they do that, or how do I do that? But believe me, living in Christ will give you good results. Living in, his, in the way that he trains you, that in the way that he raises you up. The, uh, the, the servant that, um, that had one bag, he, was, he put it in, he digged a hole and he put it in the ground. Amen? But what he says to him, look, I'll read it. Uh, Verse 25, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. See, guys, living from fear is not going to give you good results ever. If you live in fear, like Friday we talked about the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is not terror and it's not scary. It's honoring God and reverence to God. And so if we live in fear like this guy was living in fear then yeah, we're not going to move and we're going to be scared to do what? To take a risk. And faith is about taking risks. You can't just be there. You have to walk in faith. So he thought his master was scary. He thought his master was harsh. He thought his master was, uh, was someone that was going to punish him. And because of that, he didn't do anything with what God had given him. Amen? So let's look at verse 23. I love this. This is the response of the master to the faithful servant. Excuse me. It says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. And let's celebrate together. 
So two responses that you will hear. Um, great job. I'm going to give you more. Let's celebrate. Great job. I'm going to give you more. Let's celebrate. I want, you know, he celebrates with us all the time. Because he's already entrusted us with stuff, and you're already being faithful. He wants to give you more. Amen? He wants you to grow. He wants you to, to, to do a lot of things. I was talking about Joseph earlier, and Joseph didn't know that years later he would be number two in Egypt. And essentially, God gave him the nation of Egypt in that time, in that season, and he was able to help the nation of Israel. So he was able to help the nation of Egypt. And the nation of Israel. Although Israel was smaller, he was still able to help them both. God gave him two nations to help because he was faithful in the little. And he was placed in the big. Amen? So in order for us to do great things, we have to be faithful with what God gives us now. Whether it's small or medium or large, whatever it might be. Just be faithful with what God has given you and take risks because God is on your side. He has favor over your life. Like if there's a promotion at work and you want it, go after it. Don't say, no, no, you know, I'm fearful. I don't think I could do it. If you want it and God is with you because he is, go after it. I, I, did, I, was, I was nervous about it. I was like, I don't know, you know, like it's a lot more money every year. So it must be like, a, like definitely a really high position. I don't know if I have the skill set. I don't know if I even could interview. Like, But God, you're with me, and I'm going to go after it. And with that favor, with that, that risk-taking, I went after it. And you know that I, I'm the only one that has interviewed? I thought it was more people interviewing at work. I'm, I'm the only one that's interviewing from within. Because the boss was telling me that people are scared to apply at the department. And I was like, Really? I was like, uh-oh. But I was like, no, like, I'm excited about this. You know, I'm passionate about this. He's like, yeah, I've never had in my 20 years here someone apply within to my department. Now, if I would have not taken that risk, I would have been another statistic. And I haven't even gotten the job, but just that alone. You got to take risk. Amen? All right, let's pray, guys. Let's get up on our feet, please. Let's be faithful in the little of what God has given us, whether it be at work, here at church, and family, anywhere else. And although your flyers may look ugly right now, one day God is going to use you more and more and more and more. Father, we just thank you, God, because um, you, you have entrusted earth to us. You have entrusted the nations. You've put those, uh, those nations in our hand. And you've allowed your people, the church, to become powerful. We have become powerful in you, God. We are your bride, we are your church, we are your people, and we are powerful in you. 
And we're going to go after this, God. We are going to be a generation that stands up in the darkness. We're going to be a generation that stands up, Lord, when there's turmoil, when there's chaos. We're going to stand up and we're going to be the light, Jesus. We're going to be the salt of this earth, God. We're going to take risks, Lord. We're not just going to sit at church every single weekend, Father. We're going to be the church everywhere that we go, God. We're going to stand up. We're going to be faithful in the little, God. And we're going to be faithful with more that you give us. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. I ask you right now, Father, that you would begin, Lord, to move, Lord, in our lives. That you would begin to stir people up, God. That if people want to serve, if people want to serve you in your kingdom, Lord, that they would step up, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. That whether it be at school, whether it be at work, that they would take risks, Lord. That they would not be afraid, Lord. That you are with them, God. That your favor is over them. That there would be a promotion for people, God. If they're at work and they see a promotion, that they would go after it, knowing that you're with them, God. Because you, Lord, are for us and not against us, God. Your favor is over us. Your goodness is over us. Your grace is over us, God. And we move with your presence, Lord. We move in the river of glory, in the river that living water, God. And we will be, Lord, the children that you have called us to be. We will be powerful children, Lord. Under your power, under your authority, Lord. The same one that you gave the disciples that's in us, God. So we will continue to move, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So right now, Father, I ask you, Lord, that if anyone is in need, God, if anyone is going through something, if anyone, Father, feels dry, if they feel just whatever it might be, God, that you would begin to touch them, Lord, that your presence would be able to fill them up right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that no one would leave this place the same, Lord, if they came in sad, if they came in depressed, if they came in just not feeling you God that they would feel you right now that you would speak to them that you would minister to them God that they would just break in your presence Lord that they would see father that you are with them God that you love them Lord that you've ministered to them Lord right now father in the mighty name of Jesus God I pray for your children Lord I pray that you would bless them I pray that you would exalt father Lord, that feel down, that you would lift them up, God. Lift them up, Lord.